Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1061 of the Juicebox podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Today on the podcast, Catherine is uh, 36 years. Why don't I just use more English than that? <laughs> Should I start over? <sighs> Catherine is 36 years old, a school teacher. She's married, the mother of three, and her four-year-old son has type 1 diabetes and celiac disease. She actually just had a baby a few weeks before we made this. Her son was diagnosed pretty early on. And the story of how they found out about the celiac is crazy. Wait, do you hear it? While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Want to save 40% off of comfortable things like this beautiful sweatshirt I'm wearing right now? Go to CozyEarth.com and use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% off of this sweatshirt, actually off of your entire order. And you can get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you get your first order of AG1 at drinkag1.com slash juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5. Learn more, get a test drive, and get started today at Omnipod.com slash Juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by US Med. USMed.com slash Juicebox or call 888-721-1514. Why would you go to that link or call that number? Well, to get your free benefits check and to get started today, receiving your diabetes supplies the same way we do from US Med. I'm Catherine, and I am a mom to three, my eight-year-old daughter, my four-year-old son, who is our T1D and celiac, and then we have a seven-week-old son. You just had a baby? Yes. So I, that's why I'm not working right now. I'm a teacher, but I am home for the rest of the school year with the baby. Get back to work, Catherine. That's enough. Three weeks. <laughs> you look Right? I it's finals week next week at our school. So it's like, why, why go back at this point for finals? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Okay. So eight, four and three weeks. Wow. Eight, four and three weeks. Which one's the type one? The four year old. Four year old boy, right? Four year old little boy. Yep. Okay. All right. And you're married. Yes. Yeah. I should say that I've been married for 10 years next month. You should say that. You don't want to leave him out. <laughs> No, I he's very important. And like I said, a big part of this story, too. So married 10 years next month. Okay, great. So uh, just for context, how old are you? 36. Wow. Look at you. You're I all, think about that. You did all the things now. I mean, three, three you're done, right? Three kids? Y yes. 99.9% yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Right. Probably done having sex, not just having kids. And hus well, husband's going to go take care of business. So, <laughs> you know. Well, look at him doing the doing the that's a big boy thing to do, huh? Hey, if I have to have three kids, then, which I should say, I'm very happy that we had three kids. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of work and pain. So he can have a couple yeah, couple moments of pain. I just, I just heard your brain say, I don't want my kids to hear this one day when I say, if I have to have three kids. Right. 
your brain was like, be nicer about that. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, but I take your point. So, geez, how long ago was your type 1 diagnosed? He was diagnosed um, March 23rd of 2020. So literally the onset of COVID. Oh. School got shut down like a week before. And it was... Um, what was supposed to be our spring break. Nobody obviously went anywhere. And uh, he was 17 months old when he was diagnosed. Oh, wow. That happened while you guys were like, while we were all still thinking we should wipe our groceries off. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> when we noticed something was up with him, he was like leaking through his diapers up to his armpits. It was it was beyond the point where we're like, oh, maybe he just needs a bigger diaper at night. Yeah. Um, it was like he took a bath and and I we have no diabetes in our family. Like this was a complete shock. And I have no idea why I knew warning signs of diabetes. I used to read like ridiculous medical novels when I was a teenager. And that's probably something, you know, stuck in me, but we call this pediatrician and we're like, do we even come in? We don't know what the situation is anymore. And yeah, she had us come in and his blood sugar was, and I heard this through the, through the wall. I heard her on the phone with the children's hospital and I don't even didn't even know what a good blood sugar versus a bad blood sugar was. But I heard like 483. And I was like, OK, that sounds bad if she's on the phone with the hospital before she even comes back in to talk to me. <laughs> That's a horrible way to find out. Well, you're, you're, your head wasn't up against the door or something, right? Like you no, were, no okay. apparently it was just a really thin door in the pediatrician's office. <laughs> I, I just had this feeling of like you up against the door, just listening and listening. She's calling the hospital. She packed the bag up. We're leaving in a minute. This is right. Yeah. yeah. And then she came back in and she's like, normally in this situation, we would send somebody in an ambulance and put you on, put him, my son on, you know, an IV. But she's like, I don't know what's in the ambulance. I don't know what's in the emergency room. We don't want to expose you to any more unnecessary germs. So she's like, he's stable. How you caught it this early? No idea. He was not in DKA or anything. Mm -hmm. He just really high blood sugar and peeing a whole lot. Um, so I drove, we're in the far Northwest burbs of Chicago. So I drove into the, into the city and. Oh, wow. And then, and yeah, geez, how long were you in the hospital? I bet you they got you out of there quick, huh? Two, two nights. So three days, two nights. Yeah. Um, yeah, pre pre masks and everything, but they gave us two options for hospitals, one out of the city and then, um, the children's hospital in the city. And she said, maybe not the one out of the city. Cause they started accepting COVID patients in the, at the time, the children's hospital didn't have any known COVID patients. Wow. So, wow. That is right, right at the beginning. Oh yeah. 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 Right at the beginning. So we were lucky. My husband was still allowed to come down. And at that point we're like, okay, we hadn't seen the grandparents. We're like, we don't know if you're mm -hmm. diseased or what's going on, but we're like, we need someone to watch the, our older daughter. So grandparents were like, okay, you're in our bubble now. <laughs> diseased. <laughs> exactly. I love that part of when you look back on that, that moment, right. Where I, I took one of the best flights of my life because of COVID because everyone panicked before people mm -hmm. were really sick, which was, by, by the way, good. I guess they were going home. But I flew, uh, me and four other people flew from Georgia to New Jersey in a jumbo jet. <laughs> like, oh it, was, it was amazing. Like, I, like laid across <laughs> all three seats and, like, you know, the, the stewardesses would, like, if you asked for pretzels, they'd, like, kind of flip them to you. <laughs> and probably throw you 12 bags because it's an empty airplane now. Take them all. We don't need them. We're not even going to have to clean the bathroom after this. They were just like, like, it was insane. Like, on a big, like, I don't know, what does a jet hold? 
three on a each lot. three on, the standard <laughs> ones are like three on each side just like 30 mm-hmm. rows we can do this six times like 180 people right something like that yeah so um yeah there were five of us on there and the and, the, and that's the crew. awesome it was really terrific it was also frightening in like uh first 30 minutes of a zombie movie kind of way too true like is the yeah. world coming to an end yeah. like it was very it was it was somehow oddly uh relaxing and off-putting at the same time i definitely know co-workers that just jumped a plane to florida and taught the rest of the school year on a beach so <laughs> i know what to do i'm getting out of here oh one of my daughter's teachers did that they left and just Every day, she said she turned the camera on. He was he was this close to going outside and enjoying the weather. He just had to get through whatever thing they were pretending to teach them that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So three days, two nights. Did it feel? And I was going to ask you if it felt rushed, but how would you know? I felt like I took a crash course, like in medical school on diabetes in you know what would have been a semester, a year, I don't know, a lifetime at at college. I would just even my, my, like I said, my husband came down. I spent the first night there alone with my son and my husband came downtown the next day. And we just felt like overwhelmed, like in, can you say in a good way, like overwhelmed, sad for, you know, what our son's going to live with for the rest of his life. But the staff at the hospital was so amazing, like trying to educate us as much as possible and trying to like meet us where we were and understanding things and whatnot, like overwhelmed with support, I guess. Yeah. So good support. So I guess felt rushed, yes, in the sense that we're trying to learn, hey, here's here's everything you need to know to keep your son alive and healthy and happy. Now go home and keep him alive. <laughs> so yeah, overwhelmed there. But like I said, they've we still work with the the endo. His endocrinologist is out of the hospital too, and they've been nothing but amazing anytime we need anything or have questions. Right. So well, cool. overwhelmed yeah. in a good way. <laughs> now, what about technology and like, where did you start? Did you start with a meter and a syringe or? Yes. So um, he was actually MDI until about two weeks before our son was born. This, like the one that we just had. Oh. So we were doing injections until about, I mean, less oh. than two months ago. Yeah. And he went home with just a meter, but we got the Dexcom like two or three weeks after diagnosis. They just pushed it all through insurance. So we were Dexcom and MDI until under two months ago, and now he's on Omnipod 5. Who brings up the Dexcom to you? The hospital did. The nurse educator at the hospital did. That's good. That's excellent. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that was definitely amazing because it felt like having a newborn again going into his crib. I mean, he was still in a crib when he was diagnosed um, and like poking him at two o'clock in the morning being like, can I squeeze enough blood out of your little finger? So having the Dexcom was fantastic. My daughter Arden has been wearing an Omnipod since she was four years old and she is now 19. That is every day wearing an Omnipod for the last 15 years. I think what we love most about Omnipod is that it doesn't have any tubing. But, uh, I don't know. Is that the thing you love most about it? You don't have to take it off to swim or bathe. You can leave it on for activity and exercise. It's small. I don't... It, I mean, it's so easy to put on, right? To fill it and to put it on. It's just... It takes us no time at all. Um, yeah, I guess it's hard to figure out what my favorite thing about Omnipod is. I guess I'll just say that my daughter loves it. It's easy, and it's worked for her for so many years. It's just such a friend in all of this. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You can check your coverage there for your insurance, 
uh, or take a test drive, right? Would you like a free trial of the Omnipod? You can do that there as well. And you can just get started. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now you have a decision to make. Do you want the Omnipod Dash, which is an insulin pump where you make all the decisions? Or do you want the Omnipod 5? Now, the Omnipod 5 is the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6, and it's available for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. It features smart adjust technology, and it's going to help you to protect against highs and lows both day and night. That's an algorithm-based system, making decisions about insulin, giving it, and taking it away. It's pretty damn cool. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you use those links, you're supporting the production of the podcast and helping to keep it free and plentiful. Everybody who has diabetes has diabetes supplies, but not everybody gets them from U.S. Med the way we do. USmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. U.S. Med is the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems nationwide. They are the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide, and they always provide 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. That's right, US Med carries everything from insulin pumps to diabetes testing supplies, right up to your latest CGMs like the Freestyle Libre 2 and 3 and the Dexcom G6 and 7. They even have Omnipod Dash and Omnipod 5. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and you can reach them at 888-721-1514 or by going to my link, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. When you contact them, you get your free benefits check, and then if they take your insurance, you're off and going. And US Med takes over 800 private insurers and Medicare nationwide. Better service and better care is what US Med wants to provide for you. usmed.com forward slash juice box. Get your diabetes supplies the same way Arden does from US Med. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com to US Med and all the sponsors. When you use my links, you're supporting the show. I don't meet a ton of people whose kids were diagnosed earlier in life than Arden was, but yeah, yeah, you've got me by a by a little, you've got her by a little bit. Well, he was 17 months old. Is that right? 17 months. Yes. His pediatrician uh, said he won a, a, uh, not so great award for her. She, he's the youngest patient she has referred to the hospital for diabetes diagnosis. Does she get something like a plaque? I know, right? Like terrible, terrible award to win. But yes, he he was the youngest. And his pediatrician was great, too. She called us in the hospital and was like, is everything, you know, you're getting what you feel like you need? How's he doing? So it's been a it's been a great team. But yeah, he was an itty bitty and a big surprise. What did he weigh before diagnosis? What did he weigh at diagnosis? You know what? I don't even know. Is that bad? I don't know how much he was. Looking back at pictures, though, you can see in his facial expression, things change um, from the the week leading up. I mean, he looked to me still like a chubby toddler. He, I mean, he was walking way before 17 months and running around, but mm-hmm. he was just lethargic. Um, his face, looking back at the pictures, was all flushed. He looked pudgy. He wasn't like, you know, super skinny like you hear a lot of, a yeah, lot be- of kids are. You figured, they it are. Out, you figured it out quickly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They were, everyone was surprised. Even at the hospital, we figured it out as quickly as we did. And maybe that was because of COVID. I was, 
I would have figured it out eventually, but I wasn't running to work. I was staring at my kids, you know, all day, every day. That's such a good point. I feel like that's why a lot of people are diagnosed around holidays and uh, vacations and things like that, because they their life slows down and they don't have as much right. to do. And then they somebody looks up and gets in bed one night and goes, does the kid look skinny to you? You, you know, like mm-hmm. and it just sort of gives you a moment to reflect, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I, I actually believe that after hearing enough stories. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would figure it out sooner if they weren't running around living, you know, and doing all the things. Exactly, exactly. So I guess we're fortunate that COVID happened and the fact that it made us slow down and take a look at what was happening. Yeah. Well, he didn't go to DK and that's a big deal because I could tell you yes. Arden, Arden looked like Arden looked like a runway model and a heroin bender by the time we figured out she had type one because she had lost so much weight and she was so space, mm-hmm. spacey in her face and everything and you could see her ribs like it was terrible That's like scary yeah you like look back and you think hey, how did i like we knew she didn't feel well but you never mm-hmm. like we never like you said like i don't know anybody it's weird to say like i don't know anybody in my family with type one um which is what people say but i don't even know what that means like my best friend had type one when he was 18 or 19 but I mean, I didn't watch him get diagnosed. It's not like I was there when it happened or anything mm-hmm. like that. So really, and no one tells you as a parent. Like, and by the way, look out for X, Y, and Z because that might indicate your kid has problem. You know, yeah. No one tells you what to look out for because why would you look for it? You know. I always think too. Like, can you imagine you had a baby? It's your first one, and you're still in that. Like, it's gonna be great. Like, oh, and for those of you who are younger, it's gonna be great. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> but for everybody else. Uh, who knows what we're talking about? Uh, can you imagine if you had a baby and you were still in that? It's going to be great. Everything's exciting. I just got married. We just bought a house like that vibe. And a doctor sat you down and said, OK, we just need about six days. We're going to go over it in two hour chunks. I'm going to explain everything that might possibly happen to that kid that'll make him really sick and you have to bring him to the hospital. You would just you you know, that's not, first of all, reasonable. And second of all, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be healthy. You know and nobody I mean? would have kids anymore. You'd have one and be like, okay, this is too scary. I'm done. Well, I mean, I don't know. Catherine, if the coming out of the vagina thing doesn't stop people, I don't know what else <laughs> is going to get them. Honestly. Seriously. Think back to when you, like, my daughter's 19 right now, or just, uh-huh. just about 19. Anytime you ask her about a baby, the only thing she says is, hmm, seems like a bad idea the way it happens. <laughs> and, and, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, the two of the first two came out the the normal way. Uh, the third, this last one though, they I got cut open. So I'm like, okay, done. I don't need to be cut open anymore. Yeah, yeah. we're just gonna do just a just open up your abdomen. Don't worry, we do it all the time. We hardly lose any right. of the moms. Like, just what what is happening? All this exactly. for that, and you're gonna be. I don't understand. Like, I mean, as a person, I don't have one. You understand what I mean? But I've seen one. Exactly. I've seen one close mm-hmm. up, and it doesn't seem like. It just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. <laughs> you would think very surreal experience. That's for sure. Nature would like install like a ziplock or a uh, something like that. It, That'd it, be nice, yeah. a zipper with a little, like some kind of lock on it. It seems poorly thought out to me. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Ridiculous. You ever watch a cow have a bit a calf? Yes. Yes. Those long legs. Uh huh. Who thought there that is up? a. F- there is a farm in Indiana. We went on vacation last year and my now eight-year-old daughter was fascinated. You can watch cows have birth, like give birth live. And she was like, eyes wide open staring. She's like, 
wait, 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 is it going to come out now? It's like, yeah. I don't know if you should be seeing this at seven years old at the time, but yeah. hey, that's nature. Let her see. She's going to adopt. So that'll be fun. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I just strongly feel, I feel strongly about adoption for some reason. I, I just, if you, I know why, if I put an engineer in charge of getting a baby calf out of a mother calf and that's what they came up with, I'd be like, who hired this guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what you came up with. Ridiculous. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess I'd like to commiserate with you a little bit. Now you had a CGM, so fair enough, but. What's it like taking care of a 17-month-old with insulin? The beginning is such a blur. Like I said, it felt like having a newborn baby and in the fact that we were always awake and always tired because we felt like we couldn't sleep. And especially me, I took a lot of the I took a lot of the care upon myself. And I'll I'll keep talking about like I keep saying my husband's a big part of this story. I don't think at the time he was capable of taking care of our son. He is now. It was overwhelming. His blood sugar was Mountains and valleys, like high, low, high, low, high, low all the time. Finding your podcast, which I didn't even find until last summer um, when somebody on our town square saw my son's Dexcom and was like, hey, I have a type one, too. And then we got to talking. But it was up, down, up, down. I'm like, I, I felt like I was doing nothing right at the time. The CGM was a blessing, but eventually it got better. I mean, obviously it did, because otherwise, why would we be doing multiple daily injections for, I guess he's had what, three years he's been diagnosed. So yeah, for almost three years, we did daily injections, but we figured it out. You figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Were you using syringes that were like, had half units on it? Yes. And not yeah. even not even using the whole half unit? Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the endocrinologist would be like, as close to a quarter of a unit as you can get it. But of course, nothing, no syringe goes that low. Um, just probably in the last couple of months before we switched over to the Omnipod, we finally could use the pen and twist it up to one unit because his insulin needs were growing as he was. Right. So it's like, oh, this is amazing. We don't have to stick a syringe into the pen needle and pull out this <laughs> teeny tiny bit. His His long acting was still in a syringe, though, until... We switched to the pump. Yeah. I taught myself how to inject drops of insulin. So oh. so I took um I took some insulin and I squirted it into a dish. And then I put food coloring in it so I could see it. And, uh-huh. then, and then I drew, drew it back up in the syringe. And then I would sit and practice pushing on the plunger slightly to see a drop come out. I wasn't doing this, obviously, in art, and I was, like, visually looking at it, and I, I colored it so I could see it better. So once I taught mm-hmm. taught myself how to press on it enough to get a drop out, then I started doing that to Bolliser because she needed oh. – she didn't need anything. You know what I mean? So That I, would have been super helpful if had I thought about it, you know, <laughs> that – I can't even imagine how long that took to fig- – you know, to be able to do that consistently enough sat, to – I just sat at a table over and over again just practicing and practicing until I got it right. And then, mm-hmm. of course, once the needle goes in, you know, the non-insulin – the, the non-food-colored insulin goes in, mm-hmm. then as soon as that happens and you do it, you think, well, I, I did it the way I did it before. That's probably right. And then you realize, I don't know. I don't know if it went in. I don't know if enough went in. Does everyone have that panic where you're so bad at injections in the beginning that you put it in, you push it, and then you go, did I push it while it was in the skin or Mm -hmm. did I not? And then there's that horror that falls over. You're like, well, I guess we just have to wait now and see if what happens because I don't know what I did. And there's like a little moisture on the skin. It's just the whole thing's a panic. 
good handful of times, our son, especially at the beginning would, you know, jump or try and run away. And it's like, did he get enough in or did he run away before it all came out of the syringe? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally, no. totally yeah. remember that feeling. <laughs> They're running away and the syringe is in them. And you're like, <laughs> like yes. the nice part now is he, it's so normal to him. Even if he goes to the doctor, you know, for a, for a shot, it's like, yeah, it's a needle, whatever. He's he doesn't even flinch anymore. Yeah. Which is amazing and sad all at the same time. I think there was a moment in that time where my wife looked at me and she's like she was kidding, but she goes, Do you want to get married? Well have us some kids. She's like, Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <Nope. laughs> apologize for that. Uh my fault. Anyway, so what are your goals? Like you said, you were like bouncing up and down, up and mm-hmm. down. Hindsight, why was that happening? Um, overwhelmed, overwhelmed with his care. Overwhelmed. He is celiac, also. So after when he got admitted, they you know ran all the tests, and then we get this phone call that oh my gosh, he needs to have an endoscopy and you know get him diagnosed for that and. For whatever reason, I feel like that diagnosis hit me harder. I remember I I don't cry a whole lot, but crying in the basement to my husband and the kids were downstairs after we got the official call that he was diagnosed celiac. But the the blood sugar, the peaks and the valleys overwhelmed. And then my husband ended up in the hospital uh, like five times starting in September of 2020. Found out he and I did not know this. My husband, I guess, is an alcoholic or a recovering alcoholic at this point. And that probably would not have been figured out had our son not been diagnosed um, diabetic and celiac. Wow. My husband would probably be dead if, uh, which is, we are very sad to say out loud. Um, he'd probably not be with us anymore if our son hadn't been diagnosed. Okay. So let me finish up the one thing before we move yeah, on. Yeah, no problem. Um, way to drop like a, like just a bomb in the middle of the conversation. Yep. Thank you. By the way, Kevin, thank you. <laughs> Someone said something on a recording recently that was so shocking and told the, told that part of their story. And afterwards I just said, I really appreciate you sharing that. I was like, I'm like, it's horrible, but mm-hmm. boy, people are going to love listening to that. But it just like, this is not on that same level and I don't want to ruin it for people because it'll come out before yours. But anyway, they found out, can I just tell you, they found out that her father was bipolar by figuring out that he was going to dungeons to be dominated by a dominatrix. And Whoa. he's a pastor. It was the, like, as she was saying it, I just, all I could think was, thank you. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you sharing this. I'm very much anticipating that episode. Yes, then. As am I. I haven't even edited it yet. I, I, I want to wrap my brain around it with fresh eyes. So, but overwhelmed that's why the blood sugars go up and down but like mm-hmm. management wise what were you not doing or doing that was making it happen i'm probably overcompensating on both ends like giving insulin and and then giving carbs to you know when he was low bring him back up um i feel like everybody's told 15 carbs at the at the beginning like if he's low give him 15 carbs mm-hmm. and looking back on it now that was way more than he needed um to bring him back up at certain you know when he was hitting low at certain certain levels like if he's only sitting at 70 he didn't need 15 carbs to put him back into you know around 90 so i'm sure that contributed to it and then 
not being good at pulling insulin into that little syringe. Yeah. Had I been able to give him one or two drops, it's probably all he needed versus the half a unit or eyeball what a quarter unit would be. Mm-hmm. It was probably too much insulin that he was being given to drop him back down. So you're just always chasing the blood sugar. You're it's yes. flying up, you're hitting it with insulin, it crashes down, you hit it with too much mm-hmm. food. You're just roller coastering all over the place. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Did his size when he grew, did that make it easier? Yeah, it did. Um, and I think experience, you know, every day I learned a little bit more. But yeah, as he got bigger, he needed more insulin. So it helped mm-hmm. with the peaks and, you know, the peaks and valleys. It helped not eliminate them. They still happen. Um, he's fighting a fever right now. So we're back to it. It it made them better. It made less of them. Um, we got a little bit more of the the nice rolling hills. Yeah, I, I his basal insulin at the beginning, his long acting was so minute that it was he probably only needed one or two drops. So as he got bigger and needed more, it yeah, it helped. I I tell people all the time when they're like, we're struggling with this, we're struggling with that. I'm like, the great thing here is they're gonna grow. Like, mm-hmm. keep eating, keep growing. It's the best in, thing to make this feel easier at some point is just the ability to put in a, a measured amount of insulin that you can count on doing a thing and not being too much or too little. And it's, right. a, it's a big part of it. Okay. Uh, so you've, you've got me interested now. How does your son's diabetes diagnosis help you to learn that your husband is an alcoholic? So call me naive. Like I, I mean, we drink drink i don't even know the proper word anymore um socially i see your red hair i know what's happening don't worry yeah Uh, my type (laughs) one is a a fiery redhead too Mm -hmm. uh yeah i i grew up though in a household that we didn't like my parents didn't drink a glass of wine maybe for a special occasion Mm -hmm. i didn't grow up around drinking at all as i you know went to college studied abroad you know grew up had my own my own place you know drank a little bit more but i've never been a big super heavy drinker definitely drink socially. Way back at the beginning of our relationship when we were dating, like I remember my husband drinking straight out of a bottle and I was like, mm, that rubs me the wrong way. And he stopped doing it. He still was, you know, acting like a young 20 something year old. So I, I didn't know any, I didn't know anybody that I knew of anyway, that was an alcoholic. I didn't know what, what to look for. I didn't know what signs there were of alcoholism. And looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, X, Y, and Z. Um, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? But anyway, my husband hates doctors, hates doctors, never takes himself to the doctor. He is also a a chef. He's in the culinary industry. And so insurance, like, yeah, right. So he never went to a doctor because he didn't have insurance. I mean, it was as far as when he went to go ask my parents if he could marry me, nice and old fashioned. I said, what did you do today when I came home from work? And he's like, uh, I went to the doctor and I freaked out because I was like, something has to be wrong if you went to the doctor. No, he was trying to lie that he went to my parents. But anyway, when our son got diagnosed diabetic and then the celiac diagnosis, the his um, gastro highly recommended that our daughter, older than him, get screened for celiac and that my husband and I got screened just to see if you know, our daughter had it, not that she was showing any signs if we possibly had it. And so I called the doctor and we did not have a primary care doctor for my husband and I at the time. So we were switching to a highly, or we were 
going to, we were going to start with a, hi, a highly recommended doctor in the area. And because we hadn't been to the doctor, not only she wasn't going to just run the celiac, I guess the, the blood panel right away. She wanted to do a, uh, a physical for my yeah, husband and she, I. Which, she wanted to get paid, Catherine. I understand. Go ahead. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which I was like, okay, not a bad idea. When the last time I went to sure. the doctor was when our son was born um, and my husband never goes to the doctor. So I remember going in for the physical and of course I made all the appointments and we walked into the doctor's office and my husband realized we weren't at the lab to just, he thought we were just going to draw blood. And he, like the look of panic on his face was like, he's like, you didn't tell me we were actually going to a doctor's appointment. He, he just thought we were going to go get a blood draw. And I said, well, we're going to go do the blood draw, but we're going to go see this doctor first. It's our first time seeing her. She wants to do a physical. And he visual look of panic on his face. Really? Which I, again, thought it was just, he doesn't like doctors. He hates going to doctors, rarely does it. But looking back, it was, she's going to figure out something that isn't, isn't right. The alcoholism. Wow. By the way, you're so nice. If, if I walked into a doctor's office and looked panicked, I know my wife would think and say out loud, I made a mistake marrying you. You really have to toughen up. (laughs) Like, Please, please pull yourself together. We're at the doctor's office. But that's what, so he thought something in, I don't go to doctors. I don't even know Uh what they're going to do, but I, Mm -hmm. uh, he's betting in his mind that something's going to happen. That's going to sniff him out on this. Exactly. I'm I I mean, of course I'm not in his mind, but I'm sure that's what he was thinking in my head, looking at him at the time, I was just, Oh, he's panicking because he doesn't ever go to the doctor. He hates doctors. They freak him out. Just medicine freaks people out. Some, you know, but just, she had us do, I mean, when we were in, in the doctor's office, he had elevated blood pressure, which can be a sign of so many things, but she, when she ordered the blood test to screen for celiac, she did like, you know, whole general gambit of blood tests. Just again, first time at a primary care, she wanted to have a baseline. And um, she's also the primary care for my parents. So she knows the, she knew what my parents are, you know, have in their older age. So for me, you know, screening to see, you know, whatever, if I take after my parents, but when those tests came back, no, we weren't showing any signs of celiac, but she looked at my husband and was like, there is something else going on here. Um, and liver enzymes, where did they, where did she figure it out? You know what? I don't remember in exactly that test. Um, but she was recommending, I remember she was recommending that he go, I don't remember. He sees so many doctors now and has seen so many doctors since I don't remember exactly what came out of seeing the primary care, but shortly after seeing her, we ended up in the emergency room. (laughs) Really? Were you yes. you together on that follow-up visit? The two of you were together? Yes. Okay. And again, I don't remember exactly what happened. And she didn't send us to the emergency room, but wanted to do follow-ups with him or send him other places. Um, he ended up in the emergency room mainly because of me and his parents and our parents. He was at the time curled up on our couch and couldn't stand up. And we're like, something is not right. This has been lasting a couple of days. Knowing that the doctor did saw he, something, we're like, we he, gotta, we gotta go. Did he try to quit cold turkey? Is that what happened to him? No, no. not at the time. His, uh, what turns out after we found out once he did get admitted to the hospital, his liver and his kidneys were shutting down. And how old was turns he? Turns out, uh, let's see, he's 
I would have been, this was about three years ago. He was 38. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive in a bad way. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, And again, we would never, I don't think we ever would have ended up in the emergency room when we did had the whole ball gotten rolling with our son's diagnosis, the celiac, the, you know, go Mm. get screened as adults. My husband would probably be dead because we wouldn't have gotten there that quick. Where are you when a physician is in the room explaining this and you start doing the math and you say, oh, my God, he drinks like this. He drink way more than you thought he did. Was he drinking privately? 100 percent. OK, privately, 100 um, percent. If we had, you know, friends over, it was the summer at the time and, you know, have a glass of wine or a seltzer outside. Most of the time, I didn't even see him drinking. He's like, oh, I'll just have water. I'll have, you know, a LaCroix or something. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm having one seltzer and I drink more than I drink more than my husband who previously, you know, when we started dating was drinking all the time. So yes, it was mostly in private. He would be adding things to his drinks, not in front of me. And I didn't know. And once he got admitted to the hospital and was in for a stay and we, I found out, I mean, they called me in the morning and we're like, Hey, we had to move him to the, you know, to a different floor. Cause he's in withdrawal. And I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? And right. I, I grew up so naive. It took me a while, but then going through cabinets, I was like, Oh, empty liquor bottle, empty liquor bottle, empty liquor bottle. As like, I didn't, I didn't even know that it was happening. Hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Shocking. I imagine. So, but where does your brain jump to? Do you jump to I've been lied to, or do you jump to he needs help? both like there was so much hurt anger and please save my husband because they told him eight percent chance of getting out the hospital alive originally like there was talk when the first time i went in to see him when he was going through withdrawal uh talking to a doctor he was in a procedure and um talking to a doctor she was talking like maybe transplant list if we're lucky enough to get one and my head's going i can't be a widow at what was i 33 at the time like we have two kids we have a diabetic that i'm overwhelmed like i'm teaching remotely which is a different kind of overwhelmed thank you covid but then also the anger the hate like how could you do this to me how could you do this to yourself how could you do this to your kids um running through my head of how many times did you put me or the kids in danger? Like how many times were you drinking behind the wheel? I don't know. Right. It was the biggest mix of emotions. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine. And I can't imagine. So if this, this part where he's in the hospital and they're like, he might die. That's insane. Boy, how did you tell Mm -hmm. you? I bet you telling your parents wasn't easy. No. Um, my mom, we're very fortunate that our parents, both sets are nearby and very, very supportive. And when I took my 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 husband to the hospital, he got admitted. I came home to spend the night. I was like, I have a I have a newlyish diagnosed diabetic. My parents at the time hadn't learned how to fully take care of him, so I couldn't spend the night at the hospital. And so my mom was there in the morning because um, she was going to watch the kids, so I could go back to the hospital for my husband. Um, and so she was there with me actually when I got the phone call that they moved him to a different floor because he was going through withdrawal. Yeah, and so she heard it right there with me. Wow. And I'm sure they're, they were disappointed in my husband, um, but they're super supportive. My parents are very religious too. So my mom saying prayers, all of her friends saying prayers. Did you go tell them in the I, hospital? I, Don't worry. My mom's praying. You're going to be fine. 
<laughs> I don't think he would have even known he was so out of it. Um, I mean, at him going through withdrawal, like I was when I was there helping him pee in a cup because he couldn't get out of the bed, like going through the convulsions, the shakes, the whole thing. Um, he went to he probably didn't even know what happened until after it happened. Wow. That, you know, how long did that go on for the withdrawal in the hospital? stay? <sighs> the first hospital stay was almost a week, I think mm-hmm. almost a week. And that was the beginning of September. And he had ended up four or five hospital stays between September and November because of water retention. He had a lot of abdomen taps to release the the fluid buildup. Because his kidneys weren't functioning well. Exactly. And they found when they were releasing the fluid out of his abdomen, a paracentesis, I think is what it's called. um, They ended up finding a blood clot to his portal vein in his to his liver. So he wasn't also getting blood flow to his, to his liver. Uh, while all this is happening, his body was like, we can't filter out any more alcohol. We got to block it from coming in. That's all. Exactly. So, um, well, finding the, the, the clot was great. Yeah. I mean, eventually getting rid of the clot and getting the blood flow going. He has cirrhosis of the liver, but he is, uh, for anybody listening, he is alive and functioning he's a medical miracle is really he, is he on a transplant list now or no 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 they no he has he has a small amount of cirrhosis but what is the liver and the kidneys i think both can regenerate to a certain extent mm-hmm. um and his functioning i mean his doctors better. he's on a what every six months now he sees them he's a medical miracle he, mm. he's like everything that they do he got his body responded the most idealistic way that could possibly happen mm-hmm. i mean they they told me his bilirubin level because of the liver and the kidneys was at a 20 and at a 10 they tell you it's a 50 percent chance of life Jeez, did you and ever he was at a 20 yeah so, did you ever consider leaving him he, i don't think really seriously i mean like i said in in all of the emotions going through me it was like well i hope he doesn't die because that would be terrible for everybody um him me the kids our families but i definitely ran through my head if he comes home and lives through all of this, which he did, if he can't give up alcohol, if he relapses, maybe leaving him is an option. Thankfully, we haven't, we haven't had to deal with that. There were about three nights that I made him go sleep at his parents because I was, I was in the very angry stage. Yeah. And I was like, I can't take care of you, take care of me, my mental and emotional state and take care of our kids. Like, I'm still learning this diabetes stuff. Mm. Like, I can't trust you to take care of our diabetic because I there was a lot of trust lost at the time. So um, there was never uh, we never hit the point where I was like, seriously, like move out and, you know, stay out. Like, like I said, he slept at his parents like two or three nights. But that's about it. For me, I know I would have a lot of trouble with the lying. That that, mm-hmm. that would really hit me hard. I'm almost impressed that he was able to get into this poor of shape and hide it. Like that, mm-hmm. like a ninja level move. How was he doing it? And did he ever tell you when he started drinking or why? I think it in the story also changed over the course of those six months. Like his truths got truthier, came out slowly, <laughs> slowly over time. The truths came out, and therapy has been a wonderful, wonderful thing. Like. I saw a therapist a couple times. We went together. He still goes not. I mean, he was going twice a week after he got out of outpatient, you know, 
outpatient therapy. Like the therapist just helped a whole ton with the truth coming out. But I don't know how much he was drinking in a day, but the number of minis that I found, like we always had an extensive alcohol collection, I guess you could say at our house. And a lot of it came from him working in restaurants or a restaurant closing. And it's like, okay, I'm going to just go take it home and throw it on the shelf. There was so much that I thought sat there and we just never touched. We just had this abundance of stuff cleaning out the house later on that one's watered down or that one's completely empty. And there's like the storage area in our basement where a lot was, I just never go into. That's my husband's area. You know, there's his sheet pans for cooking. Like, why would I go in there? And it turned out tons of empties in there. But again, I didn't go in there. So why would I, why would I know? Well, so far, the least shocking thing you've told me is that he's a chef because (laughs) everybody I've ever spoken to who works in a restaurant just describes mm-hmm. debauchery <laughs> and so um, oh yeah yeah <laughs> lots of lots of stories from in there and i think lack of work when covid hit gave him more time he wasn't in a restaurant at the time he was teaching culinary and working he's got friends with food trucks and catering business mm-hmm. you know he'd be working with this person and that person and i think the lack of work he f- he felt and later on voiced he felt a lack of purpose and he try to cover up or find a purpose, I guess, in increasing his drinking exponentially from what it was before then. I mean, I don't, I don't blame COVID. I, it was still his choices, but I think COVID and the lack of work definitely did not help anything. Yeah. I think had COVID not hit, we probably still would have dealt with the alcoholism at some point in time. Like, Is there uh, autoimmune on one of your sides of the family or both? Nobody no. else? Nobody else has celiac or a thyroid thing? No. Nothing? No. So yeah, everything, everything was a big shock. And now, of course, the nervous part of me is eagerly anticipating, you know, will our brand new baby that we have now, will, will he show any signs of anything? But now that's always going to be stuck in the back of my head. But yeah, there is nothing on either side. Alcoholism does run in the family. Um, So I guess that shouldn't have been too much of a, I shouldn't say it shouldn't be too much of a shock. It still was a giant shock, but um, yeah, no autoimmune. His, in the family. Is the uh, alcoholism on his side or both sides? Yes. His side. His side. Okay. I, w- I wasn't sure if your parents found Jesus after they shook drinking or something like that could happen. No, you know I mean? no. That's yeah. just uh, Catholic military parents is what I have. And so <laughs> everything was very strict, regimented, and we yes. follow the rules. I, again, your red hair tells me almost everything I need to know <laughs> about your background. I'm not Irish, if that's what you're thinking. No, though. no, no. Trust me. You're, it's okay. <laughs> I knew you were Catholic. I'm not, I'm not a redheaded Irish Catholic. So. <laughs> wow. Jeez, that's a lot. So this is yeah. the overlapping with the diagnosis. Yes. He might die. He lied to me. He's an alcoholic. Is he going to be okay? Is this going to get better? Mm-hmm. Are we going to stay together? Is this, I mean, when do you start thinking, I mean, you just said, I wonder if my little one might get type one. Do you think, I wonder if my kids are going to be lean towards alcoholism too. Like it all hits you at once. Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have, my husband and I have both said now in some ways, not that you can't drink alcohol when you're type one and celiac, but the celiac reduces your choices of what you can Can drink drink, safely. Uh, So I have said to my husband, I said, I'm kind of glad that for the celiac and the fact that it reduces his choices when he's older and our kids are still so young that we'll have to talk as we get older about how we, you know, how we're going to talk about alcohol with them. How much do we tell them of their dad and what he went through as far as 
they understand right now. Um, cause let's see, our daughter was only five because you don't want this all went down. You don't want them to our feel oldest. cursed, right? Like it's going to happen. Right. Thing. right. Yeah. I see that. Okay. And trying to explain to them when it was all happening, like daddy's in the hospital, like he was in the hospital, like I said, four or five times for a week at a, at a time between September and November, he was in the hospital a lot. And if he wasn't in the hospital, he was at a doctor's office. Um, they knew daddy had a tummy ache. His tummy wasn't working right and drinking daddy juice or mommy juice, as they called it, hmm. wasn't helping his tummy ache. Cause we don't want, I, I don't want to scare, you know, scare them. Daddy might not come home. Yeah. Daddy has a big problem. Yeah. Listen, yeah. mommy didn't choose well and we're all in a storm now. So <laughs> how did that boy trick you, by the way? What did he, when you got married? I know how I tricked my wife into marrying me. She should have not done that, but um, she really should have been smarter about it. But uh, what did, what did, what, who did you think? Like, I get, I mean, you said like you just felt naive about drinking in general, right? Uh-huh. But like, did you just never think, oh, this could be more than I think it could get worse? It could like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, I guess my question is, who did you think you were married to? That's my question. A social, I mean, a social drinker, as far as the drinking is concerned, like, I love my husband. He's, he's very much a people person, super, you know, charismatic people people love him. He can engage you in conversation for hours on end. And I'm sure that's a trick of, you know, he's been a bartender in all of his different aspects of the culinary world. Mm -hmm. And being a bartender, you're like somebody's therapist at a bar. So he cracks everybody up. Um, Everyone loves talking to him. It's really easy to be drawn to just his charismatic personality. And that's, that's who I thought I was marrying, you know, at Mm -hmm. the time. Well, you yeah, the the alcoholism never just didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, no, interesting. And at the at the time we got together, his dad, like I said, it runs in his family. His dad was sober, um, and it, that didn't even strike me at the time. Like I knew his dad was sober, and I was like, oh, my husband could end up with it because it, it it you know it does run in families. Um, that my naivete naivety. I don't even know the right word to say it. I'm a math teacher, not an English teacher. I, it didn't even phase me like that could be something I might deal with later on yeah. down the road. Has he figured out why, he, like why he drinks? Is it just the the gene, like the alcoholic gene? Is it is he anxious and he's masking something? Like, do you know what he was trying to save himself from with it? I think the anxiety was a slow build over time. Um, the the uh, inconsistency in his work, which he loved his work, but the inconsistency of just that industry um, didn't help anything. I think there was always a part of him that worried that he would end up like his family. And I mean, his, everybody in his family is alive and doing very, very, very well. Um, But I think he knew that it could be, it could be a hereditary thing or it could, you know, run in his bloodline. But I think, yeah, the anxiety built with the inconsistency of work, but also the work industry that he was in didn't help. Yeah, no, I understand. Didn't help at all. If he was working in an office, he wouldn't have alcohol in front of him likely all day. All but the, when you're working in a restaurant or you're working as a bartender, hey, you want a shot? I'll take a shot too, you know. Did you guys have a movie moment where you dumped all the bottles down the sink? We did I I did that with his parents and his best friend on on his parents' anniversary uh, while he was in the hospital. Oh, wow. What a what a lovely remembrance of the uh, of their union. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um and yeah, there was there was a lot of uncovering of, you know, watered down bottles, uh, empty stuff. But yeah, I didn't do it with him. I was like, I, I had that angry part of me. And 
I remember talking to him in the hospital. He's like, we don't have to get rid of everything. Like you can still drink. Um, I was like, no, it's all going. Yeah. Like, no, thanks. Goodbye. It's yeah. all going. So oh. I did it while he was not home. Yeah, yeah. 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 This wasn't fun. We're not doing this twice. Wow. Got it. And oh gosh. And then on top of this, this, this diagnosis, did, does he, does your husband have clarity? Does he ever mention the, the pressure he felt from the diagnosis of the type one? No. Um, I, and looking back, I, he obviously knew what was happening with our son. Like he, it's not like he was in a fog from March till, you know, November when he finally came out of the hospital for the last time. But I think he was so about him at the time, you know, yeah, this alcoholism is building and how can I hide it? That he wasn't, he very easily let me take the reins on everything with our son. And for me at the time, it was, well, he hates doctors anyway. So I take our son to the doctor's appointments. I make the phone calls. He was trying to help at the time as much as I think he was capable of the time, me not knowing what he was going through. But I took the reins of everything with our, with our son. I don't think he, he was, he was too busy thinking about himself looking back on it than really worried. And that sounds so bad to say out loud because he loves our kids and the kids love him. Um, but I think he was too wrapped up. Listen, I've gotten the flu before I've, time, I've yeah. gotten the flu before. And for three days, I tell everybody just stay alive. Cause I can't help you. And he's pro- probably just in that situation. Hey, my mm-hmm. last, my last kind of question about this. Did you have any experience with any friends come to you privately and apologize to you for not telling you? No, that didn't happen. I, he like, was a master at hiding it. It's not like he was out drinking with his best friend. You know, if he went out with his friend, it was a beer. It was like nothing. It was all secretly in the privacy of our home. Mm. There was one time that my mom said she saw like an empty mini in the recycling bin and not my parents because they like the fact that they even have any alcohol in their fridge is usually because one of us five kids is, you know, one of their kids is coming into town or something. So I remember her telling me she saw a mini in the fridge when he was coming to or in the recycling bin when my husband was coming to pick up our son because the grandparents are thankfully our babysitters when we're working. And that's the only like the only person who said any anything. But she told me when she saw it and that didn't yeah. really. No, I meant uh, register there, anything. There was an apology tour at my house of guys oh, yeah. uh, about my dad's cheating. Like, oh, like okay. so, so guys that were single and uh, involved in the, what was going on, like what these guys were doing, like on, you know, um, who knew my dad was cheating on my mom and they came to, it was very, actually, I found it unpleasant. They were unburdening themselves. Like they were, mm-hmm. it wasn't helping my mom. They just, they felt bad and they were trying to get, mm-hmm. trying to get rid of that burden. I didn't know if that happened. If you had any. Like people are like, I'm so sorry, but it sounds like he was very private about it. Is he? Em- oh yeah. Was he embarrassed at the time? Has he told you, like, when he was drinking? Was he like, is he hiding? Why? Like, why do you hide it? Like, that's my question. You're hiding it because you don't, because you're embarrassed. Want- you know what I mean? I think he was embarrassed that he was drinking so much, and he didn't want it to seem like he had a problem. Okay. He didn't want anyone to know he had a problem, and yeah. I mean, I guess I, I get that to a certain extent why would you want people to know if you have a problem and that kind of problem is not one where most people say hey i have a problem please go get me help you know 
thankfully the help he's gotten has definitely helped him a whole heck of a ton. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm trying to put myself in his position. Like, how do I approach you and say, this is what's happening to me? I don't know. That seems difficult mm-hmm. to me. Like, it's, it's one of those things like a therapist would tell you, like, reach out to friends and blah, blah. I'm like, that always sounds mm-hmm. good when people say it. I'm like, how do you, how am I supposed to do that? Like, how am I supposed to walk up to the person who I, you know, is trying to trust me for my whole life? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, I need to tell you something. I'm having like a significant issue here. Yeah. yeah so I think it was really on his, literally on his deathbed, he had to have that, like, come to Jesus this moment, like, I need to yeah. do what I can to stay alive and then go get some help to, you know, combat this, this issue. Mm. That's good. It's well, good for him. It's amazing. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's got to be hard work. It's yeah, it's always still hard work. And it took a long time to trust him and trust him to take care of our son and not like, give him way too much insulin or let him go too low for too, like, yeah, that I mean, was all. Is he even a chef, Catherine? I mean, he was so good at hiding the other thing. Maybe he's an international spy. You have no idea. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a movie made out of his life. You know, he was really, you know, like a, what is it, Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of moment. <laughs> just, yep. He just comes in the house with a gun with a silencer on it. He's like, listen, I need to get the kids together. We're going to have to fight our way out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they found me. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's really something. Oh, you, uh, hey, uh, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? I am. I am. I'm as good as can be and as good as I have been in the the last three years. Good for you. That's excellent. Is there a whole rebuilding? Like if I asked you to describe your personal relationship now versus I'm not asking you to, but if I was asking you to describe it now versus then, is it a completely different relationship now? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. When trust gets destroyed as bad as it did, it took a lot of rebuilding, um, a lot of therapy, discussions, fights, everything. I mean, and yeah, it's complete. It's completely different. Like, I feel like I'm married to the person that I thought I was marrying Mm -hmm. and didn't get at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I also would assume that this probably feels exactly like being cheated on, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. I, I mean, it is, I guess, a, a, a type of cheating, not with somebody else, but he was, you know, not with a person, but with a bottle. You're doing a thing. It's unknown to the to your spouse. It would hurt them if they knew um, you're hiding it. I, it seems very similar mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Wow. That's like, hey, does uh, I'm sorry. I know you have little kids, but did did he just drink or were there any drugs? No, just drinking. Okay no drugs unless there's more hidden secrets but i trust that there's there's not more hidden secrets so no just drinking well you have to trust if you don't trust you make yourself crazy but um yeah is he uh what they call california sober or is he sober sober like is there weed is my question no (laughs) he is sober sober he has found a lot of he genuinely likes the taste of alcohol a lot of alcohols and he has found some brands of NAs that he really likes that are, that are hard liquor alternatives that are like, you know, zero proof. Yeah. That was my question. Like, how do you like, cause he's still got the anxiety, right? It is way better. Like he would have shakes that I thought was just his crippling anxiety, probably alcohol induced. Um, but he would have, shakes when he would get really anxious before like if he like i said we are in the burbs of chicago if we drove closer to the city and he grew up way closer to the city like closer burbs than where we live now so he's used to the traffic like he would you would see him on the wheel shaking and i just thought it was anxiety but that has 
virtually all disappeared. Wow. Now so, that he's now that he is sober. So he couldn't he was like having withdrawals just on a drive somewhere because he isn't he was drinking constantly it sounds like mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. jeez that's something yeah. I, I don't know it, it, I, i'm glad not to understand it um but yeah. it's terrible you know every time somebody it, it, tells me about it hindsight like the number of times then this was part of my anger like the number of times he put myself and our two kids at the time in in danger is like how could you even do that but it's about, yeah about we, keeping the we've secret. come up yeah. 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 Well, that's something. Oh, wow. Hey, thanks for telling me about that. It's not a, yeah. it's not a pastor in a dungeon, but it's pretty good. It's, I mean, I never thought I would say I'm thankful that my kid has diabetes, but had that diabetes diagnosis never happened, the ball would never have started rolling to. Well, and it would have been, it would have been COVID and he would have probably like doubled down on what he was doing in the, in that COVID time. Like, oh, yeah, that would yeah. have been bad. And he would not have I had he not gotten into the hospital in September when he did, like that blood clot that he had, like Yeah. He he would be dead. Cause they wouldn't have taken because if, if he came in just saying, like, look, I'm I, I, I'm an alcoholic, like I, that probably would have got pushed real down on the list once they weren't admitting people in hospitals anymore. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. the time the timing really worked out for him. He's gonna yeah, it's crazy because one day one day when your four year old is a is a man, he's gonna tell him. Do you know what I mean? Like he's gonna he's gonna pull him aside and tell him like I'm here because of you and you know, like that whole thing. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Wow. The whole everything happens for a reason, like whether you're religious or not, or however you wanna believe it, like I guess the reason that my son had to get diagnosed was so my husband could live. That would have been nice if your kid just got like a nice like, I don't know simple virus that would have cleared up in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Like a broken bone or something. Yeah, a broken been great. leg would have been terrific. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he is super, super proud. He's the cutest four year old. He's super proud of all of his machines on his body. And he shows everyone. He's like, look, I'm like the bionic man, That's but which is, is cute to see. Like, I'm glad he's not phased by anything happening to him, but yeah, it would have been nice if it was just a virus or a broken bone. Yeah. yeah that that would have been better. I take your point. I, I do take your greater point though. Um, are we, have we covered everything? I want to make sure we don't miss anything. And then I want to ask you a little more about how the diabetes has progressed for him. And no, management. yeah, that, I mean, we got that. Yeah, that's in a nutshell, how my, how my, uh, my son saved my husband's life to go back to when you were 19 and find you and be like, Hey, tell me the story of the next 20 years of your life. <laughs> just not, jo- <laughs> just jot not it down, you know? how I thought it would all pan out, but yeah. Well, I guess you're all here. That's good. You know, exactly. Okay. And we brought another kid into the world since then, too. So I guess we have to be doing pretty decent. I, listen, I just assume your husband is very handsome after you told me you had a third kid after all that. <laughs> just must be such a handsome guy. Must make you dizzy. You're like, all right, one more. <laughs> oh, my God. I just I don't think my wife would drive in the car with me again. So I'm like uh, pretty impressed, actually. Th- uh, a lot of things of, uh, you know, getting in the car, of like letting you in the house, taking care of our diabetic son, putting a needle in his body took a long time before I let him do say, have, you know, and you felt like I had another kid for a while with my husband, like you yeah. can or can't do this, you know, I imagine. And you and you're not, um, I don't know another way to put you're not shit about it. Like, how come? You don't seem like the kind of person who like walks out the door in the morning and goes, "Hey, don't get drunk, drunky," and le- like you're not. Pa- you don't seem passive aggressive or 
or ups- like, you know what I mean? I feel like when all of this happened, I I'm, I'm very much a people pleaser. <laughs> um, and I feel like I became more frank with my husband and more direct in how I was feeling and what I needed and what I, I, I came to a point now where I'm like, I don't care if how I'm feeling or what I think or what I need you to do is what you want to hear or if it's going to make you feel good or if it's going to make you feel bad. Like I gave up the people pleasing to a certain extent, you know, with especially my husband after all of this went down, I was like, I need to make sure that I'm okay in order to make sure my kids are okay in order to make sure my, my husband's okay. Like, I don't care anymore. I mean, that sounds really bad. Like I do care what I say to my husband, but I don't care if me sharing my feelings makes you feel good or feel bad. Like there were a lot of discussions, especially early on where what I said is not what my husband wanted to hurt, you know, here, but I'm definitely more frank with my husband now than I was three years ago. His emotional maturity is doubled, tripled, like exponentially. Oh, it's exponentially. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's continuing to grow. Definitely. And our conversations, our discussions, our disagreements are far more productive now and in, in, in attempting to resolve them than they were three years ago. Like, like I said, it's a, he's a, he's the person I thought I was going to, I thought I yeah. was marrying. He's that person now versus, you know, three years ago. Yeah. And I'm sure he always was that person just with the alcohol. It's just, he didn't have any time mm-hmm. or space to, to be that person. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, you mentioned a while ago, I'm sorry, this one, this, a, this is a <laughs> lot. I get the feeling sometimes like you're, you're, you and I are looking at each other, which I don't usually do, but I'm like warm. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Turn up the air conditioning. Well, it's just, it's a, I mean, it's a triumphant story, really, when you when you mm-hmm. see it through to the end. But when you're living like through the the retelling of it, it's like wow! Like uh, there's so many moments where like no one would have blamed you if you would have just been like, "That's it. Well, I'm not doing this with you." There were definitely times in in all of that too that I felt like, okay, this is the low point of my life. Like I honestly, I did. Um, I taught school and did work meetings from a hot, my husband's hospital room. Like the point where my principal goes, Hey, that's not like, we didn't have to be in our classrooms. I did go into my classroom a couple times just because mm-hmm. I'm very thankful. My parents were watching the kids. But when my principal finally goes, you're not in your house or you're not in the school, like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in a hospital room right now. Like I am, I, I missed one day of work and all of that because I had to take our son to an appointment to see the nutritionist at the hospital downtown. And my husband was in the hospital, so he couldn't take him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, teaching, teaching from a hospital room might kind of felt like it was my low point. I mean, I wasn't the one in the hospital bed. But. Yeah. Well, not being in the hospital room, but when you use the empties to show them how to add, that was probably upsetting. Like if you have five vodka bottles and you put four whiskey bottles together, that's nine. Let's count them together, kids. It's, sorry, this is all I have on my hand. Uh, by the way, does anybody do glass blowing? Because we have a ton of this over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. It must have been humbling for your husband, too. I mean, honestly, like to see you having to do this thing like teach you do your job from a hospital room. You know what I mean? Yeah. He must've felt like an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's finally come to, to term, to terms with everything enough, you know, looking back to where he can admit, Oh my gosh, I was an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Well, I'm sorry for him. I, I, addiction of any kind is, um, is terrible. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. part of me that's like, well, thank God it wasn't gambling and you didn't like 
learn you were losing your home or something like that, it, you know, mm-hmm. or something. But there's no good. There's just no good outcome here. It's a it's a scourge like for people and, you know, of any kind and it- food and alcohol and drugs and gambling and sex and all the other things people get addicted to and ruins their life and it's a lifelong battle like he might be sober right now i guess we're going on going on three years come september but it's still a lifelong battle it's not like you can make alcohol disappear from your life you know visually you know unless you become a hermit so how long after all this does he look at you and say or do you look at him and say i need you to understand the diabetes now like did he say i want to learn or did you say it's time you learn when i um the therapist helped me realize I need to give up a little bit of control. Cause I was, I was going insane. Yeah. I remember sitting and, you know, crying on the therapist at the therapist. And I was like, I just feel so overwhelmed between my son, my daughter, who's in kinder starting kindergarten on a computer work, my head, like everything going on. I just felt so overwhelmed. And she was you know, trying to help me find what can I give up or what can I slowly allow my husband to to pick up? And even small things like our son's um, long acting, he took a small dose in the morning and a small at night. And we would pull the morning syringe at night. And we had a certain location, you know, that we put it like we started small with me finally allowing my husband to pull the syringe. Not that way I could double check it before I gave it to him. Yeah. But it took the therapist you know, what control can I give up to make me slight, you know, slightly less mm. insane. <laughs> so we started baby. I'm still insane. No, but well, my, um, my wife's like, it's making me, my wife goes, this is making me crazy. I'm like, crazier. Stop it. But yeah, no, uh, by the way, I wish I was your age and I would have met you and married you because you are so <laughs> forgiving. And I don't even know. I like, like not that Kelly's sorry. I, that hold your feet to the fire thing that you do now. Uh-huh. I've been dealing with that like since I met my wife, and uh, and I just like it sounded. There was a moment I'll, I'll share something with you where you describe being a people pleaser, and I for a mm-hmm. moment just didn't think of you as a person. I thought of you as like like a spouse, right? And I thought, uh-huh. wow, wow, he screwed that up. Like I had that real thought in my head, like 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 you mean she was like making excuses for you and telling you what you wanted to hear and being overtly kind when it didn't need to be. And you like, you, Oh my God. All I thought was like, wow, you ruined that. Like, seriously, like, I know that's not, I don't know. Politically correct. It's not the right thing to say, but I, I just, I've never, I'd kill for a couple of years where people just nodded at me and went, yeah, Scott, that makes sense. I just want, I would like one year where nobody argues with me. Whether I'm right or wrong. Do you see what I'm saying, Catherine? Like, like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, our relationship is a million times more healthy now that I'm not as much of a people pleaser. Yeah, no, I, that's my point. It's not that that would have been good for you. Like, I literally, like, I have to, like, dehumanize you for a second to have that thought. But I was like, wow, you screwed that up. Like, like almost like you, I don't know. And But then bring it back together again. Mm-hmm. That's so unfair to you. And and you really have gained you've gained something from this because you would have spent your mm-hmm. whole life half head down being like, all right, I don't think that's right, but okay. And mm-hmm. that's no way to live either, you know? No. Yeah. No, yeah. We're we're sounds crazy. We're we're all in our family better off now that my husband's, you know, gone through what he's gone through and yeah. our son's going through what he gets to live with, you know, we're all better off. No, I have to it. agree. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Although I'm thinking just my birthday or one month, 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if there was just a month where Scott was right? And then there could be a month where Kelly was right. You know what I mean? Like, I would, I would I'd give have to start him. with a day of it's every uh, yes day, one yes day. By the way, I don't think that's a bad idea. I'm writing down yes day. I'm bringing this up at the next meeting. And the, me- the meeting, Father's, by- Father's Day, you can say you want a yes day. The meeting, by the way, is when we go over everything I do wrong. <laughs> What's that Bill Burr joke? He says, I've been married for a long time now, and all I'm really sure of is we're still working on me. <laughs> Always. It's always it's always work. <laughs> We're always working on me. She seems to be fine, he says. Um, anyway, Bill Burr's stand-up is great. Uh, okay, so diabetes. Every once in a while, I yeah. should write down in front of myself, this is a diabetes podcast, just so I remember. Um, you get a CGM. You've had it for a long time. You do MDI uh-huh. for a very long time. But you said you just went to Omnipod 5. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And he's actually still in, we see his endo next in like two weeks, um, next month, beginning of June. He's still in auto mode. They wanted him or not in auto mode, manual mode. Um, they wanted us to get used to using one like the dash. Uh, we had initially looked at the dash, but we're like, well, might as well go to the five. So we're actually still in manual mode, which is still not, he can be running past me to go, you know, go play something and be like, okay, I'm going to give you insulin now. Like it's still so much easier than the daily injections. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are, we are on, it's a great time. Like, okay, about to give birth. Let's switch to a, let's switch to an insulin pump. Let's learn that, you know? Mm-hmm. And his, he's in preschool now and his nurse at, at his preschool is amazing. Um, we email multiple times or she's not hesitant and at all to call me, call my husband, call grandma, be like, okay, just double checking. This is right. Like, and she was so open to learning the learning the pump. She hadn't had a diabetic in two years. So she had to kind of like relearn some things, but yeah, everybody's been great with taking care of our son. Well, did you listen to the episodes about setting up Omnipod five? Yeah. And I'm, I'm good. Re-listening to them now that, that we have them too. And I'm like, okay, I finally feel like we have our basal dialed in. So when we switch to, uh, when we switch to auto mode, I'm like, fingers crossed. It's, you have a good. lot of restraint. I would just be like, it's work and I'll turn it on now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what? They, when we first initially went through the training and set up our son's settings based on what the endo recommended, mm-hmm. um, the first time that I thought mm, something needs to be tweaked, I emailed the team and they're like, yeah, do X, Y, Z. I've totally tweaked things since then. So I'm going to go back to the endo and, you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Mm-hmm. But I, yes, I've restrained myself from turning it into auto mode, but I stopped asking for permission to change other settings good for you yeah just get it Mm -hmm. get it super stable where that where that basil is doing its job you're not seeing a lot of lows you're not seeing weird Mm -hmm. rises for no reason and make sure your insulin to carb ratio is really rock solid i just i've had people say to make it a little more aggressive when you put it into like just so the auto mode like is a little more aggressive, but I mean, mm-hmm. young kid, no hormones, probably not eating a ton of like fatty, greasy, like that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. you should, I don't know, you should love it and it should work really well for you. So that's the first say. couple of nights that we saw that like pretty straight line overnight, I was like, Oh, hallelujah. Like we, we finally hit that, hit that correct. You know, isn't that crazy we- that that's just from getting your basil right in the pump. It's so awesome. I'm like, I'm not fighting a low. I'm not fighting a high. Like, finally, I feel like the basil's right. And then now he got sick. So I'm like, oh, I'll hit the fan. And I don't know if I can swear on here. Well, we have um, already have a couple times. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You said asshole once. I said asshole. Like, it's fine. Don't worry. It'll be okay. I mean, listen, if you're not cursing, 
then I don't understand people who are cursing. <laughs> like, like you should be walking around just like sons of bitches. Every motherfucker is trying to kill me. <laughs> like, that's just how I would feel. I'm not that bad, but it is bad when our our four year old is our little Spitfire and the redhead, and and he'll be like, "Welcome to the shit show." Like, <laughs> Do you yes, ever, that's that's her house. When things are crazy and your husband does something, it's just regular stuff. Like not like, uh-huh. not like, hey, like don't forget that thing you did with the alcohol thing or any like big stuff. Do you ever look at him? Like you're, st- you still owe me just shut up. Like, do you ever, ha- do you have a look that says, mm, not yet, buddy. Or, or do you, are you he, really, <laughs> he knows when he's tiptoeing the line. Like, I mean, and we still do a lot of what some people perceive, I guess, crazy stuff, or I can't believe you just let him do that. Like, you know, my husband literally came in the other day and was like, I'm going to go get another tattoo now. Is that okay? You got the kids? Sure. Have fun. Like, whatever. That's not going to hurt anyone. Yeah. But yes, there is. He knows when he hits that point of, I went too far. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I'm still like, I'm still trying to get back to even here. I definitely can't do whatever I just did. I need to stop. Like, I always, I, I usually, um, I joke that every time I do something wrong, my wife takes a point away. But I don't seem to get a point when I do something good. <laughs> Like it only seems at like least it. you've not zeroed out. You still have points to give away, I, I don't, so you're winning. I, I honestly don't know if that's true or not. But <laughs> hey, uh, not about anything. But because you and I are looking at each other, and you're so honest, <laughs> do you see this discoloration at the top of my cheeks? It's from sun from like watching my kids play sports out in the sun. Do you think I should? Sun's get the, good. Can you see it though? It's, a little bit. Yeah. I, do you think I could get that taken out by like a? like a plastic surgeon or something. I'm just looking at myself and I'm like, I'd like that to be lighter. See what I'm saying? You try icing your face. See if that does anything. You have ideas about how this could happen. I, I literally rub some, I mean, the ice will make your face red first, but it's always like this though. Like it's discolored. Like I always think I'm going to get like, I mean, honestly, when I was younger, I'm like, I'm going to get skin cancer from being out here watching so much baseball. Um, but it's just, it discolored over time as I got older. You see already, I have like dark, my eyes are dark. That's like normal, by the way. I don't, uh-huh. I don't appreciate that at all. I don't know if that can be fixed. I don't know if they can bleach. You know how they bleach assholes? I wonder if they can bleach your eyelids. You know what I'm talking about, right? And then I mean, you, you can ask. I don't know if it's a thing. Who but... do you ask about that? Great question. A, a dermatologist? I don't know. That'd be oh, a strange dermatologist, maybe. I don't know. And then, and then my eyes are too squinty. Just a little bit of surgery. Do you know what I mean? Like... What, what would have little a, Botox to do you think it's both? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't even do all of the the cosmetic fixes. If your life wasn't so screwed up, I would have spent this last hour looking at myself going, why is this camera on? But I couldn't focus on that. I don't like how squinty my eyes are. I sound like a I sound I don't know what I sound like right now. But anyway, I would definitely get <laughs> let me just be clear. People are listening. I would definitely get like the coloration if that could be lasered out of my cheeks, and um, I would do a little eye lift if somebody. I mean, wanted to offer technology it. and medicine can do anything these days, right? I'm just saying, like if you have a, if you want some free ads, if you lifted my eyes, I would definitely do it. <laughs> I just don't want to look like um, uh, the Hamilton guy, George Hamilton. <laughs> do you know, who <laughs> I don't. Do you know who that is? You're so young. You wouldn't know who that. I, I am. I'm a baby, and I was. I'm a sheltered baby too. Yeah, There's we so heard. Many we heard. We heard, Catherine. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, were you just like a like a fawn in the woods when your husband scooped you up? Pretty much. Yeah, I was a totally innocent, you know, 
high school math teacher and oh, I saw a cute guy in the in the uh in the foods room the culinary room in our in our high school they the the college he teaches at was using I was like oh he's cute and somehow we ended up together so <laughs> yeah life fixed that magic I bet you that won't happen to you again you're probably just like so like suspicious of every are, are you did it ruin you or did you hold on to like that feeling I'm not suspicious about everything anymore. I asked me a year ago if I was suspicious about my husband's every move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't like, you know, forgiven. And um, now, now not a, so much. You're either lying to me or you've done a remarkable job of moving forward. I sometimes looking back, I'm like, at what point did I just say, okay, I can't hold this against you forever. I don't even know what, when I hit that point, but I'm definitely not lying to you right now. Um, There's definitely moments where I look back and I'm like, I'm so pissed at you that this was our life. But at the same time, like I have a husband and I now have three kids. Like I can't, I can't hold the grudge forever. Otherwise I'm not going to be happy. How about that? You're not Irish. I'll be damned. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) For you, so everyone thinks for the, I am for the Irish not. listening right now. Uh, you are you people hold grudges like like it's an Olympic sport. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure not every one of you, but I mean it's a skill. So um, and they definitely have. It. And trust me, there are Irish people laughing right now who were still pissed oh, yes. about something that happened 35 years ago. Let it 100%. go. Do what do what Catherine did. Just move. Like what do they say? Don't fight back. Fight forward. Is that the saying? Yeah, that makes know. sense. Yeah, yeah. Doing good job. That makes sense. You're pretty fucking impressive, I, Catherine. Seriously. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, I would have. Thanks. I, I had to give it up like six times in there. <laughs> I would have been like, no, no, I'm good. That's fine. Oh. I mean, there were definitely times in the building to forgiveness part that I thought about all the things in my life that would be harder if I didn't have a husband. Like, as simple and stupid as lawn maintenance or he cooks really good food. And if I say, like... Being pregnant and having food cravings, it's great when you're married to a chef. Like, please make me this dish and it's on the table in 30 minutes. There are definitely really stupid, stupid, trivial things that I was like, my life would be harder or not as great if I had to give that up. So that helped me work to the forgiveness. Then I didn't have to lose the, you know, the good stuff. That's amazing. I cannot thank you enough for doing this. You were really terrific. Seriously. I wish we were. I wish we were friends. We're not going to be, by the way. But I really... (laughs) Not that you would want to be. You're probably like, I don't want to know you after this. Uh, but um, you're you're a very cool person. So thank you. No, really. this is fun. Yeah. Did did has like no I one said, ever... it's it's different hearing you like through my computer versus my car. So this yeah. is cool. Do I sound the same? Yeah. I do. You you sound exactly like you do on the. I, I mean, I guess we're recording a podcast, but you sound exactly like you do on the podcast. Okay. I wasn't sure if like my voice changes like. Because I level it out. Like later, I'll I'll put this through a process that will make sure your mm-hmm. your voice and my voice are on the same level, so one of us doesn't okay. sound like we're screaming and stuff like that. Um, There's yeah. a weird part of me that feels like I'm talking to my car because I only I only listen to podcasts usually in the car because that's car. when I was like I said I'm not working right now because of the baby, but uh, when I was working, that was the only time I had to listen to it. So you sound like my car is talking to me right now. You imagine if I was really famous and like it was like Jason Bateman, you're like you're the guy from Smartless or something like that. Like that would be insane, right? I mean, you're pretty famous in the diabetes world. Like I said, I was on a town square last summer and somebody was like, "Hey, that's this this podcast. Have you heard of this Scott guy?" And I'm like, "That's cool." In certain settings, I am I am incredibly famous. <laughs> like I spoke at something recently. 
And someone came up to me and said, do you want me to run interference for you? Do you need to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or something like that? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, could you do that? Like, I have to have people walk me places so it looks like we're doing something so that I can like, but then the minute I leave that room. You're surrounded. If I got hit by a car, no one would look up. Like, but in a diabetes space, it's, it's actually kind of astonishing. Like I have trouble walking from one side of a space to another. Like it's, that's. it's very, it's nice. Like, don't get me, I really do enjoy it. Like, and I don't enjoy, like, I don't mean I enjoy it. Like, like it's good for my ego. I mean, like it's, it's lovely to meet people and they, Mm -hmm. some, some people just want to tell you uh, successes they've had. Some people think that maybe you could help them with things they're struggling with. A lot of Mm -hmm. people just want to tell their story. uh, A lot of questions. Um, But it was nice. I I did an event a couple weekends ago. It was actually three days in a row. It was really interesting the way it was set up. Like I gave talks that were scheduled like on stage talks, but then I was Mm -hmm. also scheduled just to be on the floor and just like mingle with people and have conversations. I found that really uh, like valuable for me. You know what I mean? That's cool. See how many, how many people you and your podcast have reached, influenced, helped. It's really crazy. I I, I honestly like still some days don't like, it's hard to like process all of it. You know what I mean? I mean, in, in, as well, I should say thank you. Cause in a year since, I mean, it's not even been a year, I guess, since I started listening to the podcast, we were stuck A1C in the nines. His last one was 5.8. Oh, wow. Good so, for you. I mean, we've, we've come a long way. So thank you. Like, oh, that's amazing. That makes me feel like I don't know how to uh, explain the feeling, but I almost feel like I'm going to cry for a second when you say that. Like, I'm just happy for you. Like, and him, like your son, really. I mean, cause yeah. he, he did not, he didn't feel as good at nine as he did it. I'm sure he yeah. didn't. I mean, I don't even know what we were at diagnosis. I think like 14 something. Yeah. We've come a long way. I've learned a lot and I'm happy. I'm comfortable. Like I said, asking the endocrinologist and his team, which are wonderful, but I'm comfortable asking them for forgiveness instead of permission now, because I've learned a lot from listening to the podcast or reading other people's comments on the Facebook group and things like that. Yeah. So you mentioned it's weird to hear my voice and <laughs> I, Earlier, you said that phrase earlier, and I thought, "Oh, she's repeating something I said on the podcast." Like the it's it's better it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission. Like I'm like I said that. Like I and maybe it's maybe it's a vibe that like the podcast gives. I honestly think mm-hmm. sometimes my job is just sort of like a coach, like the like pat you on the ass and be like, "Get out there, you can do it." You know what I mean? And then you get run over a couple times and I come back and I go, don't worry, get back out there. You're going to be okay. And, you know, like, I, I think sometimes that's what this is for. So, And I think it helps people realize, like, we're with our kids or ourselves, if you're the T1D listening. Like, you know your kid. Like, I know my son better than his endocrinologist does. Unless you're living with your endocrinologist or, you know, the diabetes nurse educator or whoever, like, they're looking at his stats from, you know, the clarity reports from Dexcom. Like Mm -hmm. I can tell them as much as I can, but I'm living with it every day. So if I feel like something needs tweaking, I feel like I, I have the ability or the right to do that. I mean, yeah, of course you you do. hundred percent. You don't, don't turn Mm -hmm. back into a people pleaser. Now your kid's got diabetes. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to make sure he's happy. And that's, that's the person I want to please make sure he's happy. Well, to an extent, every once in a while, when I hear, I don't want the Dexcom on, we're going to put it on. I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to please you that. Mommy has a small list folded up in her pocket of things that have happened to her. She didn't want to happen, but uh, we're still all here. Mm -hmm. So let's go. Let's get it. 
I've said to Arden, like when she was younger, she'd be like, I don't want this. And I go, that's fine. If you don't want that, then this is what we're going to do. Do you mm-hmm. want to just pick one? Tell me which one you prefer. Do you want to go back to testing your blood sugar 15 times a day? It's all right with me. Like, you know, yeah. let's, I can make that work. I've done it before. And uh, she'd be like, mm, no, I just think it's path of least resistance. And they're kids. Like they're looking to, mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I'd ask every day if I was a little kid. Like I remember myself. I would have been like, hey, how about today we don't do this? And, yep. you know, you just have to keep re-explaining until one day they don't ask anymore. So Exactly. Very cool. Exactly. Our son gets really excited when he gets to have, like, device-free bath time mm-hmm. because it happens to be change night. And we're like, hey, device-free bath time. Have fun. But, yeah, we've definitely done the – he doesn't like the tick, 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 boom of the the <laughs> Omnipod when it goes in. It's like the anticipation. Um, it, it's like once it's on, it's fine. We might get one owl from him, but it's fine. But he'll ask, can I can I not have it on? And then it's, yeah, do you want to go back to have like eight shots a day? Mm-hmm. No? Okay, put it on. Yeah. yeah. I, I Listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't know another world where we let four-year-olds make medical decisions. but And I get that it's their body. But they are going to get accustomed to it at some point, and it's going to oh, be yeah. a huge benefit for them, and you're going to be happy you did it, I think. Also, uh, are you uh, the kids a big Spider-Verse fans? Because you just quoted a song from the Spider-Verse movie. Did I? If I did, I did it by accident. Okay. I mean, he watches like Spidey and his amazing friends on Disney Junior, but... We're not up to the other I don't know how though. close that is to... Yeah. Yeah. No, he hasn't seen the I, Tom, If the I Tom, quoted, it's by accident. Arden met Tom Holland once. Oh, that's cool. She was so excited. Like, stupid. Ex- I have to get her to tell that story on here. Like, she, accidentally ran into him no, somewhere? Or, no, like, purposefully she ran into him somewhere? Forced us to take her to a thing where she could stand in a oh. line and get her picture taken with gotcha. her. And she was younger, but she had it all worked up about what she wanted to say. I think she was trying to, like, marry him. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's, like, she's like 16, and she's like, like, what can I say in this 30 seconds? It's definitely going to get this guy to, like, you know, ruin my life. <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way I've ruined her mother's and so many other men. Uh, <laughs> to their wives. Instead, she just like she got all flustered, like just ran up to him, and she's like, "I have diabetes," and like she and never she never tells anybody that. Like like I've never heard anybody. I've never heard Arden walk up to someone and introduce herself as I have diabetes. I have like de- she just blurted it out, and then like like you know took the picture and then walked out the curtain in the back, and she was just like, "Like what? Starstruck? The, why did I? What? Oh my god!" <laughs> And her friends screaming. They're like, ah! Like, I always thought about, like, he's only on the other side of the curtain. And every five, I, I mean, every 20 seconds, a different little girl is walking away from him and screaming. Same thing. And he must feel like, I don't know, Must he must feel amazing. I don't even know how he possibly stays grounded, like, where everybody's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, every time they see him and blurting out stupid stuff. But anyway, all right. It's probably funny what some of the people say. I, I mean, Arden, still to this day, if you ask her, she'll be like, I have no idea why I said that. Like, I was like, it's not a huge selling point. <laughs> if you're trying, to, if you're trying, like. It's a small percentage of the population. So it makes you stand out. makes you a little bit more memorable, maybe. I don't know. I can't. I'll ask her about it. Like, you know, like, it's a wonder she didn't start off. Like, do you have medical insurance? Because I'm, I'm going to need insulin pumps <laughs> when we obviously get married five seconds from now. Um, but anyway, he's very short, by the way. I just want to say that. He, he does look it. Yes. He's a teeny tiny person. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now in case how tall is these five, eight. Yeah. He, he's, and he's on the short end for a guy. I, I That's got it. I mean, if he's really five, eight, then 
okay, but he's looks smaller to me, and he's slight too. So it's got like that, like your your son's friend came over to the house vibe about him. I'm sure as he's getting older, he doesn't look. By the way, I I really like those movies. I'm not I'm not on him or anything like that. It's just he's a tiny guy. Uh, Catherine, you were terrific. Thank you for doing this. Hold on one second. A huge thanks to Catherine, Omnipod, and U.S. Med. Catherine, of course, for sharing her story. Omnipod, of course, for supporting the podcast. Omnipod.com slash juicebox. Go get yourself an Omnipod 5 right now. Speaking of Omnipod 5, there's new Omnipod 5. Ooh, should I tell you this? Yeah, I'll tell you. There's new Omnipod 5 content coming very, very soon, he says in early November of 2023. Thanks also to U.S. Med, 888-721-1514, or use the website usmed.com slash juicebox. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. A diabetes diagnosis comes with a lot of new terminology, and that's why I've created the Defining Diabetes series. These are short episodes where Jenny Smith and I go over all of the terms that you're going to hear living with diabetes, and some of them that you might not hear every day. From the very simple bolus up to feet on the floor. Don't know the difference between hypo and hyper? We'll explain it to you. These are short episodes. They are not boring. They're fun. And they're informative. It's not just us reading to you out of the dictionary. We take the time to chat about all of these different words. Maybe you don't know what a small respiration is. You will when you're done. Ever heard of a glycemic index and load? Haven't? Doesn't matter. You'll know after you listen to the Defining Diabetes series. Now, how do you find it? You go to juiceboxpodcast.com up top to the menu and click on Defining Diabetes. You'll be able to listen right there in your browser, or you'll see the full list of the episodes and be able to go into an audio app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to them at your pace. Download them into your phone and listen when you can. The Defining Diabetes series is made up of 51 short episodes that will fast forward your knowledge of diabetes terminology.